Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 361, covering Home and Borderland with Terry Drozdak. Hi, friends. We're back, and uh, Tidro's here in, in my home. Hi, Hello, Terrence. Hi. I'm in Algar's house. You are. You're Ooh. in my house touching all my stuff. The notes are coming from inside the house. Yep. Your, your good thing and bad thing are here in front of me. I could, I could spoil it now, but wait, that's how Google Docs works anyway. Never mind. Yep, yep. I mean, honestly, you could just read off everything we think at the beginning of the show and just save us all some time. Yeah, what we should do is just start an email chain and just send out the doc every week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the entertainment We don't have to record show. and people know what we thought about the episodes. No, honestly, it's a much that. better idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure people would much rather read a bunch of text instead of hear us. Yeah. All right. This show's over. <laughs> <laughs> Strike the sets. Uh, this, this, by at least one person's um, reckoning, is when Enterprise gets good. Good. Um, you know, <clears throat> I promised I wouldn't give Flonk too much more shit for that, but he specifically said the first of these two episodes was good. He said that. He said I those will words. say I didn't hate all of the first episode. I did, but we'll get That's into that fine. in a moment. I yeah. did not care for either of these, but the second one was much worse. Oh, it definitely was. <laughs> and uh-huh. knowing, yeah. knowing the second one was the first part of a multi-part arc made mm-hmm. it a little worse still because we know exactly what's going to happen next. But we can't complain about things the show hasn't done yet. We can only complain we, about what's in front of us. So. I mean, it's not like we don't have enough in front of us to complain about. Oh, yeah. there's. The, I mean, Tidro got the front row seat of me yelling at my TV for an hour and a half. So it I'm sure fantastic. that was a delight. I just like, was listening to him angrily tapping away at his laptop while mm-hmm. he's yelling both out loud and in text form. Uh-huh. Shut up, Archer. Yeah, basically <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Archer, you know, the best the best captain. The, oh, the best captain. The captain that goes down in history. The captain they named a planet after. <clears throat> I don't think they named planets after any other Star Trek characters. A planet and several high schools, apparently. Yep. And, uh-huh. like... Um, a prison? Well, a, oh, undoubtedly a prison. Many prisons. Like, a whole a whole chain of prisons. They probably I mean, renamed the, the uh, uh, Bay Bridge, the Archer Bridge in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, probably. yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden I Gate mean, Bridge, yeah. Yeah. All Cisco got to be was God to millions of people. Archer got a planet named after him. That's it. Yeah. Hopefully it's a terrible planet, but it is. Probably it's not. It's the hallucinogenic planet. I checked. Oh, well, there you go. Then. <laughs> Wait, which? Oh, the one where Trip hated to Paul. I know that. Yeah, it was like the down. second or third episode. Right. Ugh. All right, let's let's kick things off. Tidro, you got uh, you got something to say about home. I, I do. Here. You look like you've got something home, to say, do you? <laughs> While this you're away my, from home, you're going to tell my, us about home. Well, this is my home away from home. Yes, exactly. Okay. Which is not a home at all. It kind of defeats the purpose of having words if it's your thing that is the opposite of the thing it is. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you tell us about home? Okay. First, we see the crew in their uniforms. Just their regular uniforms. I guess they don't have dress ones. Archer receives a hero's welcome because I guess no one's been told about all that torture yet. Then Archer goes to the bar in his finest khaki dad jacket, which attracts Captain Erica Hernandez, whom he used to date and is who is wearing a coordinating mom sweater. On Enterprise, T'Pol, in her skin-tight purple velour jumpsuit, invites her boyfriend home to meet her mom after Trip drops several mopey hints. 
Next, Archer and Captain Ex-Girlfriend go rock climbing in typical 90s outdoor attire. Meanwhile, on Vulcan, Trip wears a neutral button-down Henley and khakis, and T'Pol has donned a lovely deep-cut purple tie-dyed long-sleeved top and patterned gray pants, unlike everyone else on Vulcan. T'Pol's mom, Teles, arrives wearing a blue dress and a lovely long purple overvest. The next day, Trip is awakened at 4 a.m. and puts on a jaunty polo shirt. T'Pol wears a different tie-dye shirt and hot pink capri pants, while Teles is attired in a gorgeous brocade ensemble in earth tones. Meanwhile, in a bar, Malcolm wears his Enterprise jacket, Flox has on his usual classic doctor's pajamas, and Travis is wearing a red shirt. They get harassed and then punched by a xenophobic jerk in a members-only jacket. <laughs> on Vulcan, T'Pol's ex shows up in an understated but classic Vulcan outfit and professes his undying insistence on her compliance with their pre-existing marital contract. The following morning, T'Pol wears a patterned red top with tulip sleeves, and Trip wears a light blue polo that sets off his eyes to great effect. Hoshi visits the doctor wearing a t-shirt. And shorts. <laughs> Next, we see Trip dressing in a vintage Vulcan outfit that belonged to T'Pol's father. Teles wears a beautiful purple and gold outfit with a gorgeous darker purple overrobe. T'Pol wears a sweeping violet gown with a sequined sheer headscarf. Her fiancé is wearing voluminous robes in a reddish-purple ge geometric pattern. Oh, and I guess DePaul's married now. <laughs> you got a lot more out of this episode than I did. <laughs> well, my good thing, to just get this right out, uh -huh. out of the mm -hmm. way, is that there is a vast amount of non-military clothing in this one, and uh, most of them are pretty good clothing designs. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that summary, Tidra. It reminded me of reading American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take this business card she's offering me right now? I'm a little scared. Al, that's bone. Oh. <laughs> so this was this was like uh, not not to you know not to undermine your summary because that was fantastic. And at this late stage, we are running out of ways to say the same bullshit happens. So one a plus for that, really. Okay. But we we do probably need to mention some of the things that actually happened that weren't. I don't know related. that that's entirely necessary, Al. I mean, did things happen? Well, I do tell people from time to time, they're like, oh, I can't keep up. That show's terrible. And I'm like, don't worry. We summarize it for you. You okay. don't need to watch the episodes. Yes, yes. So yes. we maybe should address a plot point or two. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's basically, um, what was the episode of Next Gen after the Borg two-parter? Remember Picard oh, went home uh, to the vineyard? Oh, Picard goes to the vineyard. Yeah, family. Yeah. Because it's, the same, it's exactly the same thing. After yeah. a big climactic battle... Uh, we deal with vignettes with the crew doing different things. Like, and I'm in their pretty okay. Lives. Honestly, I'm pretty okay with that just because, like, yeah. it's not it's not fucking anything in season three. It's not no, the there's, Zindi. There's no deadly danger at all. It's yeah. all quiet character stuff, which I typically like. I just don't like most of these characters. Wait, yeah. there, there were some Zindi. Yeah, imaginary oh, right. Zindi. Yes, because they were in Archer's Nightmare. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Which once was again... Yeah. Once again, uh, Star Trek handles uh, post-traumatic stress disorder perfectly. The thing is, we were talking about this, uh, Tidro and I, when we were watching this. It would have been a good idea, if you're, especially if you're the new showrunner taking over and you don't like the previous direction. You say, okay, first of all, Archer's in trouble for all this. Mm -hmm. Second of all, he's having a hard time dealing with all the stress of it. Those are good impulses, but they didn't, like, they all happened in about 30 seconds and then yep. we went on to something else. It's like, these should be big ideas, big yeah. big 
deals, you know? He did actually get yelled at for killing a bunch of Vulcans. Yeah, and then he sort yelled of. about how he was not to blame for killing those Vulcans because and then, that's the thing Archer does. And then the guy in their last scene together said, you know what? You made the hard choices and you were right. That's horse shit. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. what happened. The dude, it was, made, um, the dude specifically says, we have no way of knowing what happened out there other than what you said happened. So, and it was it was so vol. It was the, the recurring yeah. character, the Vulcan ambassador, Gary Graham. I like this character. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, yeah, he says, and as you pointed out, Matt, well, actually, mm-hmm. this is a. Uh, is this your good thing or your bad thing? This is your bad thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, like, so I don't want to. I don't want to undercut what you yeah, have. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead? And... Well, I mean, like, he basically the the ambassador raises a lot of fucking points I made about that episode back yeah, when we exactly. watched it. Archer doesn't do never did anything to try to save these people. Like he doesn't do anything to at all. Basically, no. It's I, these people he's on the record of disliking, and he walks by and says, "Oh." A bunch mm-hmm. of Vulcan turtles on their backs. Well, I guess they're going to die. Goodbye. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> oh, man. So you're just saying Archer's not even human. That's exactly what I'm yeah. saying. He sees a but tortoise yeah. on its back and just walks past it. Wait, what's a tortoise? That's, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, but yeah, it's, it's, he did bring up a bunch of, and what he was saying, I'm like, didn't Matt say that before? Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was real mad about it at the time. Uh-huh. But you, you, you had a, a few additional points there Oh, yeah, well. yeah. So I, And he also comes back thinking it's time to really arm up Enterprise and oh, maybe stop exploring so fucking much. And only having sex with his new lady friend, who I don't think ever got named, uh, changes his mind. And I hate men- that shit. They mentioned her name once at the very beginning when they uh-huh. met and never again, because we were listening for it and we missed it. But she, yeah. she did get a name. It's Henderson. No, I know it now. And <laughs> her Henderson. Her na- Hernandez. Hernandez. Not, her, not Henderson. Was and uh, if anyone's interested, I believe that I believe in the books afterwards, this woman goes back in time and helps create the Borg. So <laughs> thanks a oh, lot. Well, that's great. I knew some human character in Enterprise did that. I didn't realize it was her. Yeah, it's her. Oh, boy. So thanks, Erica. Well, the thing is, I will give Enterprise a little bit of credit because we've been ragging on them for the way they treat T'Pol and Hoshi and the way mm-hmm. that the crew is only one third women. But NXO2 is coming out. It's it's the Columbia. It's the second one. Yep. And it's got a woman at the helm. That's yep. great. Like uh, Captain Hernandez is the second Starfleet captain in history. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, but her only actual accomplishment in this episode is to heal Archer with sex. Oh no, yep. as part of the story, she's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as part of the Starfleet mythos, yeah. at least she's a, an inherent, like an, a crucial part of the early days of Starfleet is not all men. That's good. That is yeah. good. But yeah, in the story, you're right. Her, no, her, her entire role in this episode is to make Archer feel better about the stuff he did. And yeah. be his sounding board for like she, because she's the naive, idealistic captain who hasn't been out there and seen the shit yet. And he's like, uh-huh. "You gotta bring more guns." She's like, "But I thought we were explorers." No, you gotta guns. You gotta Everyone's kill gonna guys. try to kill you. Bring some yeah. makos. I wish I'd brought a whole bunch more guns. So many more guns. Uh, Trip's like, "I know guns. I'm from Florida." Oh wait, there is no more Florida. Now I'm sad. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're right. The this worst was, part this... that happened when Florida got destroyed was my gun collection got blowed up. Yeah. No, he's he's definitely got a don't tread on me flag. That is that is like unquestionably. And his pet snake. Yeah. Yeah, he brings his pet snake America, which represents the don't tread on me snake. <laughs> yeah, the snake represents America, so he just named it America. You guys want to see my snake America? Don't tread on him. Oh shit, she got away. Nobody move. <laughs> Everybody right. stand Girls up. I think she's in the couch. Too. Girls can be snakes too. Hashtag feminism. <laughs> You know, you know the rule. All dogs are boys. All all cats are girls, and all snakes are whatever they want to be. <laughs> snakes are gender fluid. Come on, twenty second century. 
<laughs> yeah. No, it was it was a horrible Archer episode. And I think some people have made the argument that this is the episode where Archer has to answer for his crimes. And uh, no. It, it should have been that. Uh-huh. It definitely should have been that because they do address that he did some fucked up stuff. Well, that but, is that is my good thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let's get this out of the way. Yeah, right no, no. Now. Please like, do. Yeah. Um, they actually Archer actually acknowledges that torture and stealing a vital engine part out of a sentient race was a bad thing. He acknowledged it. That's something that I was completely inconceivable to me in all of season three. Now, is it punishment? No. Everyone on Earth thinks he's a goddamn fucking hero, but like it's something. So, good work. I guess. Well, the thing is, he feels bad about it in this episode. I bet it'll uh-huh. never come up again. Yeah, of course it won't. But, like, I'll take something. Because yeah. up till now, it like, the entire show just seemed like, yeah, everything he does is is, is right. Yeah. It's so, all fine. fine. Yeah. So having them say, no, torture is bad and stealing is bad. Like, but, okay, cool, thanks. One of my least favorite things about this show, and especially in season three, is not just the horrible things Archer does, but all the lengths the writers go to 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 put us in his POV and make us mm-hmm. think he's right and have the other characters say he's right. Yeah. And having Saval at the end say, you know what? You were the one in charge making the hard decisions. I know what you did wasn't entirely moral, but it was necessary. Like, yeah, no, what? fuck that. Come on. The thing is, I, w- I was talking about this before, too. I, d- I never liked, from minute one, I never liked the position that the Vulcans are the bad guys, are the, are the you know... Are yeah. jerks, but you finally given them a reason. You finally given the Vulcan ambassador a reason to not like Archer. Mm-hmm. If he stuck to his guns and said, "I knew I never liked you, and now I know why," because humans make irrational decisions that are that are immoral and damaging mm-hmm. to other life forms, and you're a bad person, that would have at least finally given him a reason. And instead, he backpedaled and said, "Nah, you know what? You're good." Like, yeah, this this is when you decide to make him ah. No, it's horrible. It's the worst of all worlds. It's yeah. like he never had a good reason to hate him. Now he's got a good reason he doesn't hate him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! It's real dumb. And I mean, like, I, I, would lo- I would love for this season to, like, have that guy, like, be, be ag- like, against him for the rest of the season. Like, yeah. that's great. Having, like I say, now he's finally someone, got a reason. Yeah. Having someone in the, Vul- like, in, on the Vulcans who's against Archer when everyone else, like, is, isn't an asshole would be yeah. great. <laughs> No, I, I'm all for conflict. I just yeah. hated that the, the Vulcans as a culture were all jerks in this show. No, they but should be on guy, our side. This guy, like... Yeah. This guy this, with good reason. Yeah. Who watched... Who who said, don't send a human out to the dangerous parts of space to meet new aliens or he'll do aggressive, stupid, illogical things. He ended up being right. Yeah. He, he should be the smuggest motherfucker in the world. Hey, I told you this is what would happen with humans, and it's what happened. Nope, just like, I cannot wait to ri- to shake your hand, Archer. Yep. Hey, I'm I'm sorry I yelled at you before, man. You were right. Torture's and, good. And what really bugs me is that there's no... At no point in the show do we see him con- being convinced of that either. He just changes his mind because of stuff that isn't shown. No, there's a scene at the beginning where he yells at him, and then Archer goes through his personal journey of discovery. Uh-huh. Or rock climbing and fucking. Yeah. And then comes back to the guy. Like, there's no middle step. And yeah. the guy's okay now. Like, what happened with Saval while he was off screen? Yeah. I, I think what happened was that Archer was polite to him and he changed his mind. But because the Vulcans, politeness. The Vulcans don't care about politeness. The, yeah. The joke they always play is humans are like, hi, how are you? And the Vulcans are always like, let's get down to work. Yes. Like, they don't <laughs> care for our politeness. I, I, they, this show has no idea what Vulcans are like. They're, no. That's true. Don't at all i will say 
and this ties into my good thing and a couple of other additional good things. Mm-hmm. In general, the Vulcan stuff was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I liked the look of the exterior shots of Vulcan. I liked the sets. I liked the costumes, tying into what you said, Tedra. Yeah. Like, the look of Vulcan was consistent with what was before, but they built on it. Mm-hmm. Like, all the volcanoes and the mountains and the, like, it all looked really cool. I checked out Memory Alpha. And they put a lot of work into, like, the Vulcan wedding ser- Like, a lot of it's taken from Amok time and stuff, which yeah. is cool. No, and and the cool, the, the especially cool thing about fictional, like, the 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 uh, internal depictions of Vulcan is they've built on it. Like, mm-hmm. they took the shitty original sets from Amok Time and built on them a little more for the animated series. Yeah. And then built way more on it for this, and then went back to the remastered Amok Time and made it tie into all this. And then in the Abrams movie, same thing. Like, now all those elements, like, it's like there's one master model that they're all mm-hmm. working off of, and it's very cool. Yes. The thing I love about Vulcan is that I, when I'm watching this, it it always reminds me of Silver Age Krypton. I could like see it's just it's just this weird fantasy planet full of weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Like we got that. like fire caves and like a mountain that shoots spikes out of it and stuff. Oh, and statues ten miles high. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it, a cool it, setting. When I was a kid, I and it's still stuck in my head, and I have to remind myself, Vulcan is not Mars. No. <laughs> Because it's red, like it's a red desert planet, yes. and I always think Mars when I when I see Vulcan, and it's like, no, it's Vulcan. That's a different planet. It's slightly farther away. Yeah, slightly farther. They did I know words. Can- Jesus. They did canonically uh, establish where it is finally, which is kind of yeah. cool. Like which, they said, it was X light years away. I don't remember seventeen uh-huh. or something. Which, which is apparently is, a big deal, like for well, there's there's only a few habitable stars near Earth, and now canonically, it's one of them. So oh, that's cool. kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it's actually one that Gene Roddenberry said, yeah, I'd be fine if it was that. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Thanks, but it's Gene. Nice. No, it, it's nice that it's a, it goes back that far is what I uh-huh. Like, it's been a fan theory for 30, 40 years, and they finally made it real. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my good thing specifically uh, was Tamam, whatever her <laughs> name is. Uh, she was well cast. She, yep. she looks like Jolene Blaylock. She... Acts like a good Vulcan. She has the look of a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took to the costumes that Tidra talked about. Uh, just in general, like, she played that, so you're my daughter's boyfriend, huh? But she also felt like a Vulcan. Like, yeah. She was not... She she was a little too emotional for a Vulcan, I thought. Uh, that, that's but, I mean, this maybe shows, that's where T'Pol gets it. That's this show's Vulcans. You're right, yeah, but I kind of have to accept that. This is the best we're going to get. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, she's real good. It doesn't, it doesn't, I wasn't mad about it. The thing but. is, she reminded me of her. Yeah. She reminded yeah. me of T'Pol. And that's, whenever you cast someone's parent, yeah. that's the main thing is like, I see it. I yes. totally see it. Not just mm-hmm. physically, but in the acting. Like, Mark Lennard as Sarah is like, you watched Nimoy. Yeah. And yeah. you're doing Nimoy things in your own way. Just, there's a little bit of Ben in Joseph Sisko. Mm-hmm. Like, when they cast a good parent, they really study the kid to be like them, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Worf's parents are so great, because they're, so ju- they're so like him. They're just like Worf. Yeah. It's like Look at when, when him and his dad stand next to each other, it's like, which one is Worf? There's <laughs> two worlds <laughs> apart. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. But T'Pol is a liar. You, you like that about her. Yeah. We were talking about how you like that T'Pol. There's more of an Amanda thing, liar. but I do, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teles even bigger liar and yep. she's good at it well she's been kicked out of her job because uh to paul shamed the family and i i knew that when they got there that that's what happened and i was like oh is it because she quit the academy to or quit the science thing to go to the zindi expanse and it wasn't that it's no from, it ties back to the season one thing in the um the monastery and i actually like that yeah mm-hmm. 
I would have not liked it if it was she quit to help Starfleet and save Earth and everyone hates her now. Yeah. But the monastery thing was a big deal and they made it a big deal at the time. And I like that it was that. Yeah. So. It should continue to be a big deal. Like, yeah. no, as as world building goes, I don't always like what this show chooses to say to like, because all these cool classic things are in the hands of people who aren't great. And I'm always worried they're going to kind of ruin like. Oh, yeah. Don't don't let these guys define what Vulcan is. They don't know what they're doing. But <laughs> I actually don't object to pretty much any of the Vulcan things they added to the to the to the canvas. You know, no, like they, they did a lot of mentioning stuff that happened in previous episodes that we just assumed were never going to get mentioned again. Which well, that's is nice. That's one of the main things that people who like season four say is yeah. they're not ashamed of it being Star Trek anymore. And I definitely got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely more about, you know continuity and canon and stuff like that which is yeah. cool. like no one on this is, is just like the original series Ugh. no there were tons of things and honestly yeah. my bad thing yeah was so we got trip like being upset because hey i thought we were in love because we boned that one time but like i i was so disappointed we got cheated out of seeing trip fighting a vulcan like like in uh spock amok to oh, totally. Jug, to the jug band version of the uh, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like that should be on a fiddle and a banjo and a jug. <laughs> I brought that my own band. Me. Yep. Okay, <laughs> we should probably talk about how um, to Paul's boyfriend, uh, uh, fiance intended. Yeah, sure. the 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 ex that didn't realize he was an ex, uh-huh. um, showed up and basically blackmailed her into marrying him. Yeah, yeah. it was real fucking gross. Now that part doesn't feel very Vulcan to me. No. The, no. the fact that yeah, there someone in their culture could say, "You will marry me, or I will ruin your mother." Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel very Vulcan. It does feel consistent with previous depictions of Vulcan, though, so it's not the show's fault. Yeah. yeah, it it's a thing that I wish they would clarify. Why are these guys so coldly logical, but also they have these crazy marriage rituals? Yeah, like that's a thing I actually wouldn't mind some backstory on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go get DC Fontana to do it. But anyway. Yes, please. Get her to no, do all the Vulcan stuff. Just just call her. Yeah. You know? But it's it's weird, like Tidra pointed out. To Paul's married and the episode just ends. Yeah. Like, like what? what? Yeah, I fully expected we were, you know, five minutes from the end, and I'm like, mm. okay, so this is gonna be a two parter and it's the marriage is going to get interrupted, and the next episode is just going to be dealing with the aftermath of her not marrying this douchebag. But that's not what happened at yeah, all. Yeah, our no. second main character, like, like the captain's always the main guy, but then the first officer is the next important one on the show, mm-hmm. had a major life change, so we're going to have to deal with this for a while, right? Nope. Nope. And it doesn't get mentioned. Not a thing. Mm-hmm. They, they like, mention it in passing. Yeah. In, this, in the next episode, they mention it. Because she event. says, I'm back on the ship. My husband let me do that. Yeah. That's yeah. all That's all they do. I fully think that uh, T'Pol thinks she can just keep bagging Trip while she's married. I don't think Trip's going to go for that. But mm. I fully think that's what she thinks guess, can happen. I don't know. I know I, you don't like them as a couple. It's not that I don't like them as a couple. I don't think they earned it. Ah. No, there's no setup to like them being together. Well, it's and, too like, late. Deal with it. Uh, one of my big problems with this episode <laughs> is how confusing it is about what their deal is for almost all of the episode. Yeah, same. Like when she invites him to Vulcan, I'm like, okay, so are they together? And then they get to Vulcan and to Paul's mom is like, oh, so you guys are together. I'm like, are they together? Is that what? Okay, I guess they're together now. Well, I guess this I, is like, the, and then they're not. And then like, what the fuck is happening? I think what they were going for was the couple who don't realize they're in love. The, the co-workers who are super, like super close friends who are in love and nobody knows it. And then an outsider who knows one of them comes in and says, like her mom says, you guys are clearly in love. I know her. And I yeah, know. Yeah, but they, they, they don't put it that way. She's like, okay, no, you guys are clearly fucking. 
but I think that's what they're going for. I think they're going for these two don't even realize it, and her very perceptive mom picks up mm. on it, and that's what changes it. But that's not what happened. Well, it was very confusing. Yeah, but I, I think that's what they were trying to do. I um, did I I didn't like this episode in structure at all. It just felt like a whole bunch of stuff that happened unconnectedly. That didn't bother me. Like I said, it reminded yeah. me of that next gen episode. Is just let's catch up on what everyone's doing after the big adventure. Yeah. I'm not mm. saying that it's not a good way to do a show. That's I've but seen you don't other like the way shows they that it. do it, but mm. for some reason it didn't work for me. It was just a no. bunch of stuff happening. That's fair. This show can often take what should work on any other show and make it dumb. But you know how, like in Jane the Virgin, they even when it's going to a completely different set of people, they some they somehow manage to connect it so that well, it, yeah, good a good a good tightly transition. written show will yeah transition well and they will keep everything thematically connected yeah the show like when it tries to do that it's real bad yeah mm -hmm. it didn't even try this time no so. i did that didn't bother me but i can see that as a valid uh yeah, yeah. here's but, some stuff that people got up to this week we didn't really have time to tie it together or anything the thing is there were no ghosts or dream monsters or <laughs> torture so like uh... we're basically that's what counts as a win now mm -hmm. although yeah. there was racism oh uh -huh. yeah 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 and that's probably the last thing we should talk about before we move on. That was the oh, other Oh, man. Fucking so... To, Phlox is about to go down to the down to Earth to hang out. And he mentions... He lived on Earth for like five years or something. Yeah. He's like, ah, it'll be fine. And they're like, yeah. dude, we had our 9-11 and you're basically like walking around in full Muslim garb. Now maybe don't do that. I, I ju just like... <sighs> just Someone says to him, it's like, apparently there's uh, aliens have been getting attacked on Earth. And I'm just like, oh, fuck off. What? Yeah. Uh. Oh, that's exactly what they're doing, the 9-11 thing. Which, yeah. okay, that's not a bad thing to try to address, but this show's going to do it with its own, like, typical ham-handed bullshit. Yep. And, and it does. Because they, they that's go to a they... fucking bar and, like, some... We yeah. don't take kindly to aliens coming into our bar. <laughs> the thing is, I said this through season three that... that Star Trek is usually usually kind of takes the the social justice part the, the yeah. side like the you should treat people nicer like not the pro war pro torture side and in that sense it was good they're trying to tackle an issue that they're on the right side of but they did it badly yeah it's not yeah it's not it's not a metaphor it's not subtext it's nothing it's no. exactly just yeah it's the thing that it's happened. trying to talk about yeah but I will give them partial credit for at least being on the right side of an issue doing mm -hmm. an issue episode. Okay, so there was a fist fight that was ended by Flox's face blowing up like a puffer fish. Uh-huh. It was yep. very weird. I don't know. He's got all kinds of weird, like, he's got his weird eye thing. Yeah. He's got a bunch of physical stuff that pops up occasionally. Yeah. He, he's, like, he's an alien like the Great Gazoo was an alien. Where he, just <laughs> sort of, he just sort of rolls out weird traits and just like, why the fuck did he do that? Because I'm an alien. I, that doesn't bother me. And honestly... I like the way Flox is written here. He's always so submissive. He's always yeah. so, he never wants to have conflict. He never, like, when the fight starts, he really wants to back out and just like, let's, let's just, let's just all relax. Let's, mm -hmm. everything's fine. Like, he, he can't be provoked because that, it, it, it ties back. This is actually good character development on the writer's part. They said this in an early episode that in their um, polyamorous society, the men are usually the submissive ones and the women run things. And, mm -hmm. They've always shown him to be that way, not just in relationships, but always. Like, mm -hmm. whenever there's a, someone needs to be in charge, he always lets the other person be in charge. That's his personality, and I like that. Yeah. It's a neat cultural thing, because in their society, males are generally like that. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, but Malcolm wanted to beat somebody up. Of course Malcolm wanted to beat somebody up. So. That's Malcolm. 
<laughs> Malcolm, as you pointed out, wearing mm-hmm. his Enterprise jacket to get noticed. Yep. He did. At least he, he didn't make it super creepy. We were ready for him to make it super creepy. He wasn't creepy. picking up on chicks. He was only signing autographs. He didn't get phone numbers or go home with anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we, we saw. We were, we were wedding. We were, we were ready for it. Wow. Yeah. And Travis just hanging out in a shirt with his arms. Yeah. Like, that's all he needed. He... They don't, like, no one in the bar knows he's a hero. They just think he's a hot guy. They'd go home with him in a second. Yes. No, the hero thing is a surprise. Yeah. Oh, wait. Also, you saved Earth? Oh, man. Yep. And you look like that? double fucked tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, but I uh, just... uh, Also, these guys are here. I mean, okay, these guys are heroes. This bugs me. Not that they're heroes, because mm. every Star Trek crew saved Earth at some point. That's sure. fine. But do you remember spending a full episode with any Star Trek crew being celebrated for being heroes or them charging off into the sunset and maybe one line about them being heroes? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's so self-indulgent to have them bask in the glow of everyone's congratulations. The only thing I could figure is that this is, like, canonically the first time Earth has been saved. <laughs> yeah, Okay. But we don't so need to see it's that. Not, it's not like by the time we get to fucking Voyager and Earth's been in danger eight billion times. No, but, it just feels like a big pat on the back. Good job, us. The uh-huh. thing is, okay, we really so, did it. So let's just pick a time. Let's just say like when uh, Kirk saved the Earth from V'ger. Mm-hmm. We didn't need the movie to end with the parade. <laughs> <laughs> that part happens off screen. Maybe there was a parade because everyone was happy. The great Captain Kirk, who had already saved us five times, saved us again. Yay, Captain Kirk and Spock and the other guys, I guess. But we don't need to see that as the audience. That's not important to us. Yeah. But this show seems to think we need to spend an hour having these guys be back padded by everyone on Earth. No, we gotta have our uh, gotta have our Star Wars medal ceremony. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, and Flox doesn't get a medal. No, of course he doesn't. And yeah. Paul wouldn't either if she wasn't off getting married. Yeah. Just it bugged me because the show seems to think it has to tell us how great they are again. What bugs yeah. me about that is like we have the big celebration and who's there? Just the bridge crew. Yeah. Also, like what? Like like the rest of like everyone else in the ship didn't bust their ass to save the world too? Like come well, on. And as as Tidro pointed out, they weren't in dress uniforms and they just got like there's a shuttle there. Yeah, so no, they, they just, just showed up. Just like Yeah. So, sorry not, I was late. I got drunk. It's not like they were debriefed. It's not like they prepared for this ceremony that was clearly planned at a time because everyone showed up there. Mm-hmm. They nope. just flew, landed their shuttle, and uh, 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 an this award is, ceremony spontaneously started. This is mm-hmm. so not how things work. No. Not not even a little bit. <laughs> to get all those people there, you have to plan it and tell them to be there at a time. <laughs> and usually the guys want to be nice, dress up in their... Dress uniform. They have to have dress. That's They're the... literally just in their space jumpsuits. Yeah. yeah. The point of uh. military dress uniforms is for things like this. Like that's the point to 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 march in formation or receive an award. Or, you know. Ah. Just. Uh, ah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know you guys were gonna make such a big deal out of us coming home. <laughs> I just. If I still did. If I still did photoshopped covers, which is too much work, and I don't feel like it, I would absolutely <laughs> put Archer in front of a mission accomplished banner. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was this episode. That was this episode in an image to mm. me, as if he couldn't get more George W. Bush. Yeah, really. <sighs> All right. Anything else? Um, the lady that played to Paul's mom was um, she was from Roger Rabbit. She played Eddie's girlfriend. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh seriously? Yeah, yeah. that's huh. her. I uh, watching the whole mo- whole episode. I'm like, I know this lady from somewhere. Dolores. Dolores. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's her. Neat. Yes. No, we often see people yeah. slumming in these, and yes. we'll see a big example of that coming up in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Anything else, Tidra? Mm, Wish Archer ex- had a go climb a rock shirt. Yeah. <laughs> T- Sorry, Tidra. Tapal's ex is what Amanda calls a meathead boyfriend in all the old movies we're watching. Oh, right yeah. Now. We've been, uh, for another project, Amanda and I have been watching tons of old screwball comedies, and you always have, like, the 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 lively, headstrong woman and the, the guy she's supposed to be with, like Cary Grant or somebody, and then the meathead boyfriend. Yeah. That she has to leave to be with Cary Grant. And, yeah, yeah. this guy's totally the meathead boyfriend, and which is weird because Trip is also a meathead boyfriend. Yes, but he's <laughs> yeah, slightly but less meathead. It's not a... But it's not a proper romantic triangle with two two meathead boyfriends. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And what? My bad thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, bad please. Thing. Rock climbing. <laughs> sandstorm. Okay, no sandstorm, but just rock climbing. Like a lot of rock climbing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a second, if you, if you didn't know what you were watching and you flipped on there, you'd be like, I guess this is an episode of, sort of NCIS or whatever, mm-hmm. which one he's on. I don't know. Which one of those? New Orleans, new, I think. I, I guess so. Yeah. One of, one of these crime-solving shows <laughs> with military crime-solving crime shows. Yeah. You would, it just doesn't, it's nothing. It's a nothing. I just checked yeah. out every time. Yeah. And the thing is, in any other show, every other Star Trek show, when we spend time in the captain's head, I am riveted. I want to know what Picard thinks about when he's not on an intense moment on the bridge when he's got a quiet moment to think or Cisco or Janeway. I don't give a fuck what Archer gets up to off the bridge. Nope. Yeah. I barely care about what he does on the bridge. <laughs> you know what he didn't do? He didn't go watch some water polo. That was disappointing. Yeah. We could have seen him in a pool. There was when he, when he meets his old friend, uh, Erica in the bar. Yeah. He says, um, I know why I thought Erica Henderson. Cause she's a comic artist. Ah, yeah. It's Erica Hernandez though. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he says, have you seen any good movies lately? Like, they used to date. They went to movies together. So he's like, have you seen any good movies lately? And she says, there's a good movie out about World War Three right now. Wink to the camera. It's the future. Like, all right, shut up. But but my favorite part of that was Memory Alpha points out, she mentions that it got awards, which implies that the Oscars still exist in the 22nd century. Ugh. Thanks, Memory Alpha. Thanks for teasing that logic out. Yep, that's great. Of course, the Oscar now is a ladder, but... Uh... <laughs> Golden ladder, freestanding ladder. Oscar, Oscar's climbing it. Yeah, of course. Did you do your alternate title? No, not yet. That's what we do next. Okay, mm. do it. Let's that's do, the format let's of the do show. Do it next. Do you want to do yours first? Mine just mine refers to the just mashup of items that happened in this episode, and it's just called "Baby, You Got a Stew Going." Pretty good. Yeah, Matt, what's yours? Uh, mine's three short p- stories about people in Starfleet. <laughs> Is that like 22 short stories about Springfield? Yeah. If only we'd gotten a steamed hams out of this. Uh. Oh, if only. Oh, well. The Aurora Borealis. <laughs> it's this climate and this time of year. I was imagining Trip as, as Seymour, so his Trip would be both of them. Delightfully devilish, Seymour. <laughs> yes, isometric exercise. Uh, I went with Mission Accomplished, because like I said, I just imagined, you know. Mission accomplished. So two Arrested Development references and a Simpsons reference. Not yeah, bad. That, that, that tracks. Tidro, <laughs> um, what's your quote? Oh, it's what I wish would have happened. It'd be a shame if you lost your footing. It's a long way down. Yeah. To, to Archer. <laughs> that, it'd be a shame. Like, I wish she'd said that like the mobster in the previous episode. <laughs> be a shame if you lost your footing. <laughs> Boy, a lot of dangerous rocks out here. Jeez, it'd be a real shame if something happened to them. I mean, yeah. you. Shit, I got <laughs> lost in my gangster talk. Sorry, let me come in again. I'm trying to I'm trying to work in a, a recent Homestar reference. Boulder, where'd that come from? Plate tectonics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're well past the halfway point, so I guess we need to talk about this other one. 
I suppose. Matt, why don't you tell us about Borderlands? Uh, so you open with a bunch of humans in shredded Hot Topic shirts attacking General Martok's cameo appearance, and then we cut to a Federation prison where Brent Spiner is being held. This week, he's playing Arik Soong, Noonien's father, maybe? And a big fan of genetic engineering, which is a no-no in the Federation. So Archer comes visiting to question Soong about the humans who attacked Martok and how genetically altered they are. Turns out Soong was building his own race of superhumans, and they finally matured enough to escape their planet and start a war somehow. Enterprise takes Soong and heads off to find the superhumans, but then the entire plot is derailed by the Orion Syndicate kidnapping T'Pol, a real ugly guy, and some other re Enterprise randos. <laughs> now Archer and Soong need to break these guys out of jail. Luckily, Archer knows a lot about jail. Meanwhile, on the stolen Klingon ship, the superhumans, or augments as they're called, are involved in a giant pissing contest that I could not be more bored by. There's a dude whose angry stare into space could put Anakin Skywalker to shame. Meanwhile, Archer and friends succeed in saving the, the crew in an adventure that kills 20 minutes perfectly. <laughs> Soong escapes in the aftermath, but Archer quickly captures him, wasting even more time. Back at Enterprise again, a couple of Orion ships attack, but then the Augments show up, kill them, and save Soong, who they see as their father or god or something. <laughs> Soong leaves the, leaves the Enterprise alive for some reason and flies off with his genetically altered children, vowing that, for the first time ever, the sons of Soong shall soon rule the Federation. <sighs> then they probably fuck off to a castle or something. <sighs> so we got the secret origin, the first canonical appearance of uh, Mullity Rebels and... Lord's Magic Castle. Uh-huh. Jesus. Great. Also, Matt, sorry, point of point of order here. Mm. Uh, from the animated series, it is pronounced Orion. Oh, Orion. <laughs> not Orion. <laughs> Boy, there's nothing more delicious than a, an Orion cookie, you know? <laughs> Two chocolate pieces and then some cream cream in the middle. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, it, I think it was one of those times where it's like Shatner refused to pronounce it the right way and then... He doubled down on his assholishness and said, that's the way it's pronounced. Orion. Don't correct me. Orion. I'm yeah. calling you from Portland, Orion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We made that joke at the time. but Of yeah. course we fucking did. Yeah. We're hacks. Uh, no. We just, we have our references is all. That's we have true. Our, you know, also, we... that was a long time ago. You guys have been at this a while. Yeah. So we long, sure have. A long time it's been a long road. animated series. Uh -huh. Getting from there to here. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we're I, here now. Yeah, we sure are. We're mm -hmm. definitely here. This is a real bad episode, guys. <laughs> this was a fucking turd basket. I think the worst thing was learning that this is part one of three. Yeah. Uh huh. Good. And knowing that the next two are not going to be any different. They're going to be exactly the same. It, it, Nothing new is going to happen. It was such a tease. We, we open on some like badass looking Klingons. Yeah. Martok mm -hmm. is one of them, as Matt points out. Yeah. The best Klingon. Our favorite Klingon from all of Star Trek, and he's in a bit part and goes away almost immediately. Yeah. Gets yeah. his ass kicked by losers. Mm-hmm. By the Hot Topic bad boys. And yeah, like oh, the Jesus fucking goth Christ. kids show up to beat up the Klingons. Like oh. These guys... Okay, so the worst part of Wrath of Khan, which is, you know... Basically, everyone's favorite Trek movie, or way the fuck up there for most people yeah. anyway. An excellent movie that even people who don't like Star Trek like. Yeah. Um, the worst part of it, which is there's not much bad about it, is mm. the shitty, badly dressed um, uh, underlings that Khan has. The genetic supermen from Earth's uh, eugenics wars. Yeah. They're, they're, they hardly have any lines. They're barely in it. But if you had to pick... Like, that was probably one of our bad things when we covered mm. that movie. Because they're pretty terrible. And someone decided, 
we need to do a whole episode about that, a whole cycle of episodes about that. Like, that's what it's all about is these shitty because it's the same concept and they're dressed clearly to evoke those guys. I, yeah. I, I, I want to see the dude, like the, the show creators. They're watching Wrath of Khan to get some ideas for the new this season. This is everyone's favorite and one. And just huh? one of them is just like, everyone's just like, pause that. Wait, rewind. Who is that guy in the background? I <laughs> yeah. want an entire episode about that dude. This is everyone's favorite movie. I guess that's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> not not all the deep character stuff about Kirk and not Spock dying and not... No, no, it's definitely mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely that. It's no, definitely I, that guy. And we both... I, I imagine, Tidro, you too, you were handwriting notes so I didn't see as you were doing them. Yeah. But we were so bored every time they cut back to the, their power struggle between these guys. It's like, why why do we care? Why are we mm-hmm. still here? I Yeah, I, I had, didn't have a lot of stuff to write down because I was so mm-hmm. bored. It was yeah. real bad. It's trying to get us interested. It's that thing. Trying to get us interested in characters we've never met before and don't care about. And look, yeah. the obviously, the main attraction here, the lead story, the spotlight, Brent fucking Spiner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's let's do something with him, not those guys. Yeah, it, he's such a nothing. To, he's just like... Well, he's, he's Hannibal just, Lecter. He's just schemy. He's, he's space Hannibal Lecter. He's in his glass cage, and he needs to agree to help the good guys to catch some bad guys. Uh-huh. And then he betrays them and meets up with the bad guys. What? Yeah, I never would have seen that fucking coming. Curse your sudden blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all we all thought it. Yes. It just, I knew. I knew halfway through, he's gonna, he's gonna knock out Archer and escape. And then it didn't happen. I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. No, of course it's gonna happen. And then mm. it did, because of course. Yeah. It just was so obvious. Like, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's my entire thing. What is the point of this episode? Like, it starts off about an episode about Data's grandfather and some Khan-style genetically perfect Superman. And then just out of nowhere, veers dramatically into this random story about the Orions. Like, did you guys, like, run out of ideas or something? This arc's three episodes long. You don't need this. Well, what I have heard, what a listener mentioned to me and I believe is backed up by some, some you know, actual, like, uh, on-the-record facts... Is that the show wanted to do bigger stories and they could not afford to do individual bigger stories, so they had to make their like bigger idea episodes longer. Uh, so okay. to I've get heard the of, money, I've heard of them doing that before. I mean, other shows do it too. This is not. Mm. No, TNG famously did it with uh, uh, what was it? That weird two-parter about Worf and Data. Oh yeah, that had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, they just but for budget reasons. Mo- they didn't need more money. Right, and probably maybe to get the money together to pay for Data. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, but, like, I get it. I totally get it. But it's not, like, there's ways to write this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I like, like, remember, I, of course you remember, Matt, like, old comics where an arc would be as long as it was. Yeah. You'd read an old Spider-Man and it, sometimes the story would go for ten issues and sometimes it would go for two, sometimes it'd be standalone, just whatever the story called for, that's how long it sure. would be. I like that. Yeah. Didn't DS9 kind of do that towards the end? DS9 did a bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I, I like that rather than it doesn't have to be a 24 episode long slog like season three was. We don't have to go back to standalones. I like different length stories, but mm-hmm. write enough for it to justify that. Yeah. Like I get the impulse. I don't mind the idea, but they didn't do it right. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's just weird. Just weird out of nowhere. Like I can't like I literally kept what's like, OK, so when are you guys going to go back to fight the fucking uh uh, the con guys like why are we still like there's only 10 minutes left in the episode you do not have time to go fight these guys and this okay and the the, the entire thing all of the Orion kidnappings that was complete soon planned that 
You know, mm-hmm. he planned it just like that. Because mm-hmm. he knew if you wandered into that area of space, people would get kidnapped, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's, there's a big... Like a, a kind of a if he planned. He could me. escape in the chaos. Well, what he said was, I hope they got me. Yeah. And then I would have been able to get out because I'm genetically superior. Yeah. It was not uh, a good plan. No. It really wasn't. Also, I'm tired of science fiction saying genetic engineering is bad. Like, of mm-hmm. course, there's stories to tell where it's evil, but it's not an inherently bad technology. <laughs> there's so many good things you can do with it. Why is yeah. it? Like, but even in the show, Flock says this. Yeah. Flock says, people we do. have genetic engineering. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's just humans can't be trusted with it because they had a war one time. This yeah. is, well, honestly, humans can't be trusted with much. I mean, yeah, humans Saval can't be trusted to take care of the kettle, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, you turned it into an A bomb. What the fuck? How did you do that? We didn't even give you the pieces for that. Well, I was just looking around. Yeah. No, it's. And I get. Okay, again, this is the show trying to start acknowledging canon. Uh-huh. And saying, okay, eugenics. Why Why was it such a big deal when we... Oh, first of all, eugenics and genetics aren't the same thing, but I'm No, but that. we've been saying that since Spacey. Like... Yeah, but I wanted to acknowledge it for newer listeners. Sure. We've, we've addressed that. We know eugenics is just selective breeding, not genetics. Mm. But they're synonymous on Star Trek for some dumb reason. Yeah. Eugenics is what we do with dogs now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, it, it's mildly interesting to say how... Did it become illegal? Why was a war fought? Why was it such a big deal when we found out this happened to Bashir? Like, it's not a bad thing to do a a, a backstory on, but not like this, man. It yeah. still doesn't really tell us, other than one guy made some super punks. No, I, but I want to... <laughs> is that what they were? Super punks? I guess so. I don't That's know. That's great. But not punk in the sense of punk rock. No. Punk no, in the that... sense of, hey, you punks, get off my lawn. Yes, exactly. No. Yeah. And if you're looking for punks, then the Orions are the ones sticking safety pins through each other. So I know. That's those true. Orions were badass. Mm-hmm. One of them had a little sword that he put in his cheek. That, that guy's hardcore. Show. Oh, yeah. Because yes. we got to have more that wrestlers. Was, that and, was big show. Got to uh-huh, have more yeah. wrestlers in Star Trek. This is my good thing because I had a really hard time finding a good thing. So I okay. picked big show as an Orion. Yep. They actually, not knowing who the guy was, I still would have singled him out as like a pretty good physical actor. There's yeah. a funny bit with him and T'Pol. He looks like an orc. He looks like when I used to play Warhammer and I had orcs. He looks one of like our one of Twitter friends is calls them Shreks. Yeah, yep. also good. And he's not wrong either. But the, if the he pi- had picked up T'Pol, shaken her, and gone donkey, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> the thing is, I bet you could get uh, Mike Myers for a sandwich now. Oh yeah. Uh, In two thousand five, yeah. he was sort of at the height of his powers, but now. Mm-hmm. Like, would you like to be an or- an Orion? Well, come on, on Discovery. They can I be Scottish cool for no that. reason? Well, there were there were Orions on Discovery in the final episode. They yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, Clint Howard was yes, one. Yes, Clint Howard uh-huh. Orion. <laughs> yeah, but I, listen, that's how good of Discovery is. I completely forgot that was even the same species. Star they were Trek, so much cooler. Star Trek All Star, Clint Howard. Yeah. <laughs> who has more guest appearances than any other actor across all the series? Maybe mm-hmm. not more individual roles, but more series than any other yep. actor. Uh, anyway, no, I, I didn't hate them. And actually, like, what I put for my good thing was um, th- literally everything. Uh, no, sorry, that's yours, Deidre. Uh Nothing. There are no good things left. Not in the show, not in life. So I was feeling a little down after I watched this movie. But no, I actually like... buddy? You need, uh, you, you want some ice cream or something? No, I, I'll be all right. I, I've we, had a day to process it. We have we have some pie. It'll be okay. Yeah, all we right. went and got a, got a pie. Um, <laughs> I had to. I, this is a therapy pie. 
Oh, sure. No, I know that rules. Therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to beat you to it. Odd. <laughs> no, it was... Um, I, I, I didn't completely hate seeing the Orions again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. And... In particular, there was one who was very much in the style of the old school Green Orion Slave Girl from the original series. Oh, yeah. Like oh, costume, yeah. the look of her, the costuming. It was a nice throwback to the original series, and it feels like, okay, they're not ashamed anymore. That's all right. And her her whole attitude was very like, yeah, I'm a slave, what, and I'm still awesome. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all still super problematic. Yes. But, but she, mm. she was... She, but the look she, of her, yeah. She owned it. Yeah. No, I like that. And uh, to go back to the to the wrestler guy, like I, there's that bit where he picks up to Paul, <laughs> and she does some great like deadpan, like physical deadpan, where she doesn't move. Yep. She basically <clears throat> planks while she well he picks her up. Yep. And it is really funny to look at. Yep. He just picks her up like a doll, mm-hmm. like a very stiff doll. But she doesn't squirm or anything. Nope. Nope. I like that. It's pretty funny. You guys want to see my T'Pol action figure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. I found a cute behind the scenes picture of 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 those two of and he's he's smiling like he just uh met his his hero and she's smiling like hey look at this big goofball behind me it's, <laughs> it's super cute that is cute yeah i just it felt like such a well i mean matt this is your good thing so we'll talk about this first but then no oh, uh yeah no spiner not bad playing the fifth star trek character he's ever played he's a little too lore to be good but he's fine it felt like a waste of him high praise it felt like like here's the first like seriously the first like star of a star trek series that we mm-hmm. got like the this is the biggest guest star they've gotten in terms of star trek probably yeah. right and yeah on screen yeah because i mean jeffrey combs and the guy who plays martok and guys like that are and Susie plaxon are all good but they've always been supporting characters this is yeah, one these of are the all main th- characters da- this is fucking data for christ's yeah. sake yeah. yeah one of like the main guys from one of your best shows mm-hmm. and he's just a nothing this could be anybody this could be yeah. a jeffrey combs character or any other character actor yeah. and yet like, he outacted everyone else on the screen uh, yeah but just, well, come on with the, he twitched his little finger and outacted yeah. every i'm like oh mm-hmm. look at him he's trying to do a job yeah that's just not necessary, guy. Just <sighs> just do your thing. Honey, the machine's been running since you left it 15 years ago. We don't try anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was good to see him, but it felt like such a waste. Yeah. It's just like, I, and I don't know what I would have wanted, to be completely honest. Maybe not. don't tie him to Soong and Data and all that. Maybe make him a different guy. Yeah. I don't know. Or just fucking the, make him a time-traveling Data. The thi- Yeah, that would be. Time-traveling lore would be be cool or lore, uh, okay somehow. here off the top of my head this just came and, and maybe this is terrible but i just thought of this just now what if they find data's head on earth where it's been buried right now in their time and got to interact with data for a while and then put it back by the end of the episode so they could still find it in next gen okay yeah that's a better idea yeah there's an excuse to bring data in without doing time travel because his head already exists in this time period yep so there you go off the top of my head there's all kinds of star trek ridiculousness that could bring him there but no, yeah, had to do his I grandfather. Ju- th- it's yeah, if you're gonna do Soong like a named character, even if he's yeah. like Soong's father or grandfather, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. like he has to be more interesting than this, and he just isn't. You know, he's just another generic Trek villain. You know? Yeah, like, he, and he's your stock standard Hannibal Lecter bad guy in a glass cage who yeah. has to help, who's gonna betray you. Like it's the same. And the th- you know. The thing is, you can get away with having him with having a stock villain for this episode, but if you make him Brett Spiner, you automatically make this a big deal. Yes, and you're not paying off the big deal that you've made. 
they think it's a big that's the thing the show thinks they're doing something cool hey guys yeah. look wrath of khan and a relative of data's and a thing that's going to tie into the klingons i know this is our big klingon forehead payoff we're going to get that soon spoilers mm-hmm. i guess like they they think they're tying a whole bunch of star trek stuff together but it's so boring yeah this is not an interesting episode no but on paper as fans it's like okay they're taking a whole bunch of threads and and tying them together in a new way this could be yeah. cool but it's not no, if you had said, like, this is the episode where uh, uh, Data's grandfather and a bunch of fucking uh, Khan-style Superman show up, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It's yeah, and, and we finally find out what the deal was with the eugenics wars, maybe, which has always been kind of vague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that could be interesting, maybe. And why was it such a big deal that Bashir got genetically engineered? Like, why are, is Starfleet so against it? Because some bad stuff happened. Here's that bad stuff. It yeah. doesn't seem all that bad so far. It no. It seems no. like Typical a, guys. some kids running around. Yeah. And they're bad outfits. Some terrible fucking kids. Just all the cliches you can think of. These guys were the worst. There were no characters among them. They were just stock characters. There's your scared ensign, uh, like that T'Pol has to talk off the ledge when they're taking oh, prisoner. Oh, face. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> That's the most cliched scene I can think of. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to, it's my first week and I, I didn't expect this and I'm going to die. You're not going to die. Like, oh, I could write geez. that scene in my sleep. Yeah. But he didn't actually die, which we were surprised about. Yeah, he uh-huh. got a name. It's like that bit in Venture Brothers. Like, oh boy, don't tell us your name. That's yeah. Pathos. You're definitely going to die now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just... Uh, I didn't care. No, it just... This is such a... Just another waste of an episode. You got the you got the, the Bolody Rebel guys quoting Nietzsche. Uh-huh. <laughs> And fighting amongst themselves over which bland guy. Well, you, Cedro, you, they're not entirely bland to you. You thought one of them resembled someone familiar. Uh Oh, the current, the, the beginning head Mullity Rebel just reminded me of Danzig. He has this, like, you know, hair and muscles and black T-shirt with a lot mm-hmm. of rips in it. And it was very Danzig. I could see that. Yes, yeah. he was the guy I thought looked like Anakin Skywalker. Just that dopey fucking staring off into the distance uh-huh. thinking you're a big fucking deal and you're just a moron and everyone knows you're a fucking moron yeah, yeah i could see that but this I'm was basically be... your bad thing and my bad thing right you do yours Darth first Vader <laughs> i mean my thing was just are you kidding me with the most mullity of mullity rebels are uh-huh. we doing star trek's worst hits because mm-hmm. it's let's take all the terrible things about star trek and do a lot more of them yep yeah, okay but yeah. tidra you had a more specific yeah okay so they all have these ripped up black clothes and they, <laughs> so they're just it's Okay, so when you see the first couple of them, you're like, okay, ripped up black clothes. These are, these are, uh, we, we, you know, from the get go, you're like, okay, Melody Rebels. Yeah, standard issue flaming trash can planet guys. Yes. But then you see them all together and they're all wearing like exactly the same ripped up black yep. clothing. So it's a uniform. Yeah, they look like, they look like a gang from the Warriors. Yes. Yes, only they just, they all match, which shouldn't, like when you're a Melody Rebel, you, you know, uh, warming your hands over garbage can mm-hmm. um you you pick you wear whatever's available you're not getting exactly the same ripped up clothing that you're all your friends it depends have. on the yeah. episode sometimes they're they used to be members of the military yeah. on that planet and they have a uniform but yeah i get your no, point. these were obviously on purpose and mm-hmm. they looked i mean bad when they were on the klingon ship mm-hmm. then they went over to enterprise yeah, a well-lit ship and they looked <laughs> so ridiculous it was just Oh, yep. fr- it's very frustrating and insane making. Mm-hmm. I just like I keep thinking <sighs> they they make a big deal out of how they how they escape their planet and everything, and I keep thinking 
they just like, okay, everyone gather around, get a pair of safety scissors. Today we're all cutting holes in our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the the now, message you want to put forward is that you're superior. And yeah. so this is how you like dress for the job you want, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 here's a fun trick. If you fold the shirt a couple of times before you cut it, the holes will appear randomly. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like a snowflake. Yeah, that's a yeah. fun trick you can take home. And they're all supposed to be badasses and fighting guys. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. Uh-huh. They're about as badass as Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. Not very. There is one good fighty guy in it. And oh, because look- he did his spin grab you yes. with his feet kick. And he did that himself. And I looked him up and I know him because he is a stunt guy and he actually was an actor on the guild who mm. played a and stunt also, guy. So- also a master of Jim Cotta. <laughs> Very possible. Are we going with all the old school MST references here? Yes. yes all <laughs> Damn. Of them. When we were talking about America the Snake, I should have said, watch out for snakes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to tread on her. Watch out for snakes. <laughs> Hope it doesn't get hot. <laughs> Sandstorm. Chili peppers burn my gut. Stop her. She's told Mike's keyboard. <laughs> oh, to those six listeners who still remain. Uh-huh. Also, I'd like to bring up uh, Data's head as Jan in the pan while we're here. Oh, yeah. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, these guys just were not. And two more episodes of these. Really, Our whole next week is going to be this, Matt. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so glad no, I don't I know. have to watch this. You're done. This is I a know. series wrap for Tidro. You don't have Woo-hoo. to watch any more Enterprise. Until we get to Discovery, you're done. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. But yeah, I can just be done. I can just be done. If you want. Alec, it just be done. It's up to you. If you want to listen to our show, apparently you have to watch along with us. Yes, that's no, how you, you don't. You watch the two episodes and then you listen to Al and Matt discuss you them. You don't this have to the, do that. You have to. This is the, it's the rule. That's why the whole point of the summary is to catch mm. the people up who didn't see it. I've listened to my summary. Yeah. I don't know if that was That's why enough. we jumped yes. in after and <laughs> gave them two or three additional plot points. Yeah. That's exactly why. <sighs> no. uh, Matt, did we cover your bad thing? I feel like uh, we, not officially, but we've already talked about this. Really. Yeah, no. Mine was just, what the fuck is the point of this episode? Yeah. There, there wasn't one? No. Yeah. There wasn't. And there's more coming. And it's no, boring. It's just, this is all filler. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, Trip and Paul start having a, a heart to heart right God. before the aliens, the Orions attack them. What you were saying, she got married and you expected them to follow up on it. That's your follow up. It's yes. in the middle of this episode, and they, not immediately following. Yeah, and they it's near the end of the episode. Yeah, and it gets interrupted, so they don't even follow. They don't. We don't even know what what they were gonna say. She basically says, "I'm here because my new husband allowed me to be here." Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she was going to say, and we can keep fucking, though. Probably. <laughs> also, they pointed out, I, me- I noticed this, they pointed out she is officially Starfleet now. She yeah. has been, like, uh, I don't know what the word is, commissioned as an officer. She yeah. wears rank bars, but she's still wearing her skin-tight boob shirt and she's, not a yeah. fucking uniform. She's still wearing her velour speed suit, yes. Also, mm-hmm. th- oh, very nice. Speed <laughs> it's a speed suit. <laughs> but... What what that made me realize is, okay, the last episode, I didn't completely hate her marriage uh, plot. I honestly didn't. But what we should have done, in addition to that, or I don't know what, but a big dangling plot point that we never followed up on. Yes, I said dangling. <laughs> I know Matt's like sicked out by that. Um, Gross. <laughs> but a thing we never followed up on, she quit the science council. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get one line of dialogue saying, uh, oh, hey, T'Pol, you're back. All is forgiven. But really, that should have been a whole plot beat about her 
like the aftermath of that and the bad stuff she did to her career and the Vulcans being disappointed and all that. They didn't do anything about that. No, that and that uh, what's his face? The main Vulcan guy. Saval. Yeah, he he was like super disappointed in her. I know that yeah. was a big deal at the end of season two before all the Zindi <sighs> stuff started is she quit and it was a big deal and it was ruining her career and nobody mentioned a thing about it. it this episode made me realize, wait, we just glossed over all that, didn't we? And now she's in Starfleet. Yep. I bet don't they care. don't mention that again. Probably not. And she probably won't get a uniform either. That yeah. would be sad. I mean, but you got to show off her boobs. Wait, yeah. Archer at one point gives her a gift. Oh, boy. A gift for her because she's commissioned. Uh-huh. And my note for that is Archer needs that moral compass way more than she does. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. As Matt pointed out, like... How much shiny gold nautical crap is there? It's like every time they Star Trek needs to make a big deal out of something, someone whips out some shiny gold nautical crap from the 17th century. It's like, yeah, there's where a, the fuck did all this shit come there's from? There's a dumpster. There's a dumpster at Starfleet headquarters. You just reach in and grab your, your nautical prize, your bauble to give to your yeah. first officer or whatever. Uh, let me see here. You're becoming a navigator. I think I got a fucking gold ass telescope I can give you. <laughs> Let me just reach into the prize barrel here. Oh, it's a sextant. This is for you. Yeah. All right. No. The gold lobster kazoo. <laughs> the thing is, it's it was sweet, like back in Kirk's time, where it's like, oh, yeah, Space space Navy is like Sea Navy. Uh-huh. But we've done it so many times now. It's like, can you come up with it? Also, she's a Vulcan. Man, you got to keep pushing your Earth crap on her. Yeah. She doesn't want that. I was really hoping inside that vintage looking box he gave her would be a goddamn uniform. But no. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or Fold it up real tight so that she can cut holes in it. Yeah. Well, of you know, it's not a big box. She does, it's not a lot of fabric. So no. you could have rolled it in. Oh, she'd give her an extra small. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Got to see her navel. Mm-hmm. Just like those pajamas that don't fit. How could how can we tell that she's got a woman body if we can't see it completely outlined? Look, there's two kinds of women on this show. There's T'Pol, who dresses like that, mm. which is apparently in character for her, and there's Hoshi who wears a t-shirt and shorts when she's off duty. Like there's Hoshi no middle ground. She wears the most boring clothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, she always when when she's out of uniform, she's in just something just completely just one color. I think that's in character because I, I think she's too. an academic I dork. It. I just mm-hmm. sort of feel like she should probably have like a Hello Kitty t-shirt. What? No. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> like a Hello Kitty Stormtrooper t-shirt. That's how she's. She's not that kind of a nerd to me. She's a book nerd. She's not mm-hmm. a pop culture nerd. Then Hello Kitty has Mary Poppins. Okay. Okay. But I think like <laughs> my point is there aren't any like women who like to dress up in nice pretty dresses on like there's only two women that's all you get no T'Pol, there's no other ones we've se- now we've seen to paul at home where her choice is to wear skin tight yoga, yoga outfits yeah mm. it just it feels like there's no one like deanna or dax who would wear something fun no there's just those two so that's what happens when <sighs> almost a third of the crew is women almost almost a third that's that was the line man yep, yep. All right. Anything else? We like our back pat now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Where's our mission accomplished banner? Uh Uh-huh. Look at banner, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad he's gone or that would have worked. Oh, uh, Trip did a a very good chair design for Archer. Archer. (sighs) They sure like pointing out the chair. Got a new chair. And then the the, the ship got all fixed up and and then they got all shot up again. Yeah. They just fixed this. It just Captain, Captain, come over here. Look what I made for you. 
Oh, it's another chair. That's great. It's, you gave me another tie for Father's Day. Thanks, man. Don't push that button. <laughs> that was cute. Don't push it. That was actually cute. Yes. Where he said that, just that. Ma- that just makes coffee come out of the bottom. <laughs> Look, we haven't we haven't rigged it up to take cups yet, so coffee just go everywhere. Don't push the button. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to bring Porthos out here to clean it up. It's oh no, that's what it does. It just it, it dispenses one tiny bit of cheese for Porthos. Yeah, don't no. push it because he's not supposed to get cheese. No. No, you yeah. push that push button, it. it lets America out of her cage. Oh! <laughs> also, now I realize where was the Archer and Porthos reunion scene? Yeah, seriously, yeah. right? Fuck you, Enterprise. Oh. That's the, like, the dog should have been waiting for him. They should have, like, he should have run up right and jumped into his arms. Yeah. Which showered they, him with licks on the face. Didn't right. they do that one, like, three episodes back? Like, at the end of the fucking... No, because they, he he they thought he was dead at the end of the Zindi arc, and then no, no, he went back No, no, when he got back time. from World War Two, Did they? Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right, Just I retract Because so, otherwise then. you're going to get letters, and yeah. we don't okay. get that right you're now. right. Did did we see Porthos at all in these two? Episodes? No, we didn't. No, that's well, why no I was wonder so mad. why they sucked. That's why I was mad. He, he was being welcomed back to like a beagle party. Like all these what? beagles were honoring him as the best beagle as ever hero dog. Space. Yeah. Oh, I want to watch that episode. They named, it's the, like the... they named the obedience school after him. <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's like the puppy bowl. Only he got a medal. Oh. I want to watch that now. Yes. <laughs> I want to watch the whole episode where Porthos goes and talks to other dogs, and it's not subtitled or anything. It's just nope. Like, Sniffing and barking. All right. Uh, did you got an alternate title, Tidro? I do. Hold on one second. I got to get myself. Of course. Get myself ready here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Takes a little title. prep. Here we go. So, uh, because um, because the, what are they called? Augments? Mm-hmm. Yes. Called? Like like in Charlie Brown. Augments. Aug- augments? <laughs> call uh, Brent Spiner father. Mm-hmm. And because they resemble Danzig. Mm-hmm. So this my song is my title is a song. So okay. here it goes. Father, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. Father, that's my Danzig impression. It's not very good, but uh, I, it's very good. Thank first you. of all, thank you. It's, thank it's you. the best thank Danzig you. impression that's ever been you on this show. You don't even know this song. You're so cute. Okay. <laughs> Second, but 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 more importantly, you're not going to fit that on a DVD jacket. I, just the beginning, just like just the okay. beginning part. Fair enough. You'd have to put one of those chips in there that plays a song. Oh yeah. So yeah, when yeah. you open the DVD, it mm-hmm. plays it. That'd be awesome. That's the title. I like it. Mm. Yeah, Matt, what do you got? <clears throat> one time back when I was still watching the WWF in the early 2000s, I saw the Big Show ride his own father's coffin at his funeral. That's not a title. It's just a thing I saw happen once. <laughs> What, what you made me think of there was that kid in Animaniacs who the oh, God, door I love would that open and he would scurry out and say a long thing without taking a breath and then scurry back in. It, yes, it reminded me of Twin Peaks with the with the with the coffin with Leland Palmer. Oh yeah, jumps on yeah. the coffin. Laura! Laura! Yeah. Yes. My alternate title: Wrath of Khan Two. Only the shitty parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Sorry. I guess we now officially have Wrath of Khan Two and in Into Darkness, but that's another rant for another time. Uh. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, Al. It's not a. It's not a sequel. It's a replacement. Oh, of course. It replaces Wrath of Khan. Just go now Wrath of Khan away. never existed. Uh huh. It's it's now different. Yeah. No. I come on. I don't think that. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those. I guess I have to throw my old comics away because they rebooted guys. No, I'm not. It's just like in that universe, Wrath of Khan never happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Some fortunate. So- yeah, well, there's like just this two different o- universes. Although, this other dumb crap happened instead. Yeah, I was about to say, ju- just as a constant reminder, all of this happened. 
Because mm-hmm. the timeline didn't change till Enterprise was over, so none yep. of this changes. Yeah, Hooray! this is forever. Uh-huh. This shit is locked in. Uh-huh. Yay. Also, Discovery, still built on all this. Mm-hmm. Great. At least What's, I like uh, Discovery. What do, you, what do you got for a quote, Matt? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's a guy summing up everything about uh, the Enterprise crew. We don't care what happens to you. Yep. But I feel the same way. Uh-huh. Also... Uh, Amanda watching this with us uh, would have picked exactly the same quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she picked this before you did, like yep. independently. Oh, it's a great line. Yeah, it is. All right. So that's all for this time. Tidra, thank you again. You're done if you want to be. I'm, I'm going to keep watching. It's, it's that. <laughs> Look, man. When I, when I have to get myself in a real good mood to watch it, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I uh, just, there's, uh, there's so many other TV shows. Yeah. I, I got to catch up I'm on Brooklyn Nine Nine. While I'm like, like cleaning the toilet or something. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine is infinitely better than this. Yeah, but so is so many other shows. Yes, I'll watch Enterprise while I'm cleaning the toilet. It will seem less bad because I'm cleaning the toilet. That just feels like two bad things happening at the same time. Yeah. Also, I don't. It doesn't take very long to clean the toilet. No, it definitely doesn't take 47 <laughs> minutes. And if I'm cleaning the toilet and there's still 23 minutes left, <laughs> mm-hmm. like there always is with an Enterprise episode. <laughs> It's been a long time cleaning this here toilet. I will say one thing I notice, especially when when someone comes over and watches with me, is I have the skipping the theme song down to a science now. Yep. uh, Eight clicks on the Apple TV gets me completely through it. Yep. Like on the remote. Click, 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 click. But then I sang it anyway. Of course Feeding the purpose of the clicking. Yes. So. I wanted to push you down the stairs for that. Well, thank you for not pushing me down the stairs. (laughs) Yeah, your stairs are fucking scary, dude. I know they are. Apparently they are. All right, that's all for this time. Oh, Tidro, why don't you tell the fine people all the things that you make that you would like them to see? I make lots of things. I make horns and I make soap, uh, some including a, a of some very nice Star Trek soaps in um, uh, rank, not rank, um, division colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And um, tiny robots and... Horns. Horn, more horns. You seem to be forgetting the things you make. Flower <laughs> crowns and all kinds of cute things. I make lots of cute things. And you should go look at them at bunnybubbles.com. Mm-hmm. Definitely you should do that. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right. So next time, apparently two more episodes of exactly the same thing, Borderland 2 and Borderland 3. So uh-huh. look forward to that. Uh, if you want to write to us, as ever, postatomichorror at gmail. Uh, our website, postomagora.com, Tumblr, postomagora.tumblr.com. Uh, Matt is on Twitter at, at RobotMatt. I am at Algar. Uh, our live show, the first episode of Discovery, June 30th at the Pocket Theater in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. Please, yep. if you can possibly make it, please do. We are making such a big deal out of this. We are going to have a party and celebrate the end of the Rick Berman era of Star Trek and the glorious beginning of anything but fucking Rick Berman. Yep. Which will be amazing. Mm-hmm. So please, June 30th, uh, it's uh, pockettheater.org, or uh, it's also on Facebook. It's all over the damn place. Um, yep. We also have links on our website. And uh, it, is, it is a pay-what-you-can thing at the door, but if you if you go click the buy-a-ticket thing, then at least they'll know you're coming. So uh, mm-hmm. so click that. You don't have to actually pay right now. So, But you can show them that you're interested, that, that you're showing up. So if there's more people than we expect, we can put more chairs out, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. so go do that if you're coming. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, see ya, folks. 
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.